Welcome to the Northeast Florida Outdoors Podcast. We're so glad to have you along. Come on in. If you really want to support the show, step on over to Patreon. And the link will be down in the description below. We're also on YouTube and Facebook. So go check us out. Thanks for stopping by. We're going to jump right into today's episode. Let's see, it should be recording right now. And of course the dog's going nuts, but I'm not I'm not really worried about that. Just trying to see if, if this damn mic will be ready to go out there and chase a deer. Hell yeah. You already know I am. Yep, you already know it. It's loud as hell in here. I'll definitely have to be in the garage around this loud motherfucker. So so we'll just we'll just bullshit around and act like we're we're gonna do some some questions or whatever right now, right? So all right, this is the Northeast Florida Outdoors podcast. Glad everybody's come to listen, and we're gonna go ahead and jump right into a couple questions right now. And the first question of the day is, what does it take to get into hunting? So that's the thing. Like, how are we gonna get some new people? people into this thing and keep our our public land so everybody that's coming the new generations to come can go out here and do the same thing we're doing have the fun that we're having get into the adventure the excitement so i got a couple guests gonna come on the show today one of my good friends matt he's gonna chime in i'm gonna let him introduce himself and uh and we're just trying to get matt and brandon in the hunting and 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 i think it's a good thing man it's fun because i've had so much fun doing it 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 just makes sense for me to get my friends who would love to hunt that are right on the edge teeter-tottering into this thing and and give them the hand up that people did for me when i came in the hunt so so that's where we're at so uh matt man just go ahead and what i want to do is you you just kind of tell us who you are, like, like where you're from, what's, what's your background in hunting, where have you hunted before, if you have, and things of that nature, you know. And, you know, I know a lot about you already, but the people listening aren't going to know anything about you. So just kind of give us a little rundown of who you are. So my name is Matt. Lived in Ohio for seven years. Did some hunting there. Um, we, uh, we mainly hunted rabbit. That was just our that was our go to. We enjoyed doing it. I liked I liked the the, the getting up, walking, you know what I mean, searching for the rabbit, kicking bushes, letting them run and then getting them on the run. It was just a, it was a thrill. We we did we did a bit of deer hunting. Um it was a slower process. I kinda I I enjoyed it, but I liked I like the rabbit more, um, but I'm just now starting to get back into it and trying to get out there, trying to get going, um, trying to get the stuff I need. I sold everything when I when I left from Ohio and moved here to Florida, so I don't I don't have anything no more. Slowly trying to get all that together and uh, just trying to get going. Um, looking at getting a boat here soon. Um, looking at uh, using a, a tree climber, maybe trying to, trying to get a deer, try to get a, 
a hog. I'd like to get a hog. Never been able to have that opportunity before. So really, uh, really looking to get into the hog and just basically seeing what we can get. And, yeah, uh, man. Just getting back into it. It's sometimes it's hard with the with the family having to make sure the kids are good, make sure the wife's all right, make sure she's okay with me going out there and. And, and I mean, it's a drive. It's it's a time-consuming process of you know getting out there, scouting, trying to figure out where to set up, you know, what to look for, just just stuff like that. With deer, I'm familiar. You know, I mean, I know what to look for. With hogs, I'm not so familiar. Just from what I've I've learned walking out there with Trevor and uh, been out there once and um, kind of got an idea of what to look for so we're just excited about getting all right everybody we stepped away for a brief moment while we was interviewing matt last time it was kind of a practice run that turned into an interview that we're going to keep and we're cool with that here at northeast florida outdoors we shooting straight from the hill huh so i want everybody real quick uh since we got so many people on the line does everybody just go around the room real quick or around the line and say hey what's up my name is such and such and i'm on the line matt start it off i'm on the line hey nathan all right i'm brandon i'm on the line too i'm matt and i'm on the line all right i appreciate y'all i just want everybody to know who always here with us so we got some special guests on this week and we're going to get right into and down to business right into it. So uh, this week, as you already know, we're getting into the hows and whys and wheres and all the things related to hunting. So with that being said, we left off talking to Matt about how he got into hunting and what all he knew about it and what all type of hunting he's done in the past. So with that being said, I think we're going to go ahead and jump right into talking with Brandon and let him go ahead and introduce himself and just tell us about his experience in the outdoors and uh, what kind of why he wants to get into hunting and just wherever it goes from there. We'll just see what happens. I didn't hunt at all as a kid. My grandpa took me out one time, and I one time went out with a guy that had some dogs, and I wouldn't consider that type of stuff hunting. It was, it was not, uh, I don't even remember what guns I used. I don't remember none of that stuff. I have the minimal experience. Um, so I'm going to be trying to get into it and learn as much as possible, as fast as possible, because I'm also older. I'm 36 years old learning how to do this and besides that I, I try to do everything on a budget that's that's what i'm trying to do it is, you know not as cheap as possible but i'm trying to like learn how to do it the least expensive way without you know what i mean breaking the bank sounds good man that's what we're going for right here we're trying to just figure out the different barriers going into hunting and the different type of things that set me back and made me think, what am I going to do here? How do I do this? And what's my next step when I had to get in the hunting? So that's exactly where we're going with this. And uh, I guess now we'll go ahead and introduce 
my my uh, homeboy, and I'm hoping he's gonna be my co-host. I don't know yet. We're gonna see what happens. Nate, take it away. Nate, what's your background, man? Tell me about you. All right, what's going on, y'all? Well, so I started out in Jacksonville. Um, at like 16, yeah, I started getting into hunting. Um, same thing. I never really grew up hunting or anything like that. Most of my family grew up in the city. They really didn't do any hunting either. Um, I just kind of got into it. I had some family that kind of did it, but they didn't really do it the right way, so I kind of got into doing it more of the, the right way and getting into the whole rules and regulations and stuff of it. And, uh, yeah, I just started slowly but surely getting out to the woods as much as I could. And, yeah, at 16, I got my license, started driving out here and doing some scouting with my family whenever I could. And after that, it was just game on, you know. By the time I was 18, I was fully out in the woods as much as possible. All right. That's what's up. <clears throat> yeah, and I met I met Nate, man. I don't know. I think we might have met on Facebook or something. I can't even remember really now. Looking back, we're out in the woods. Did we meet out in the woods or on Facebook? No, it was Facebook. We spoke, we spoke a few times on Facebook, and then uh, I seen your truck, and I knew the truck from uh, some of your pictures. And then after that, I was like, I pulled up and said, what's up, and that was it. Yeah, that is what's up, man. It was. I think you pulled up on my face. Yep, that's what it was. Yeah. And I did exactly what I told y'all not to do. So there we will cut out at four, four minutes and 30 seconds. So uh, anyways, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, jump right in, man. And, and, all right. So barriers, man, back to the barriers. So the different barriers we got, finances was a big one for me, too. Anybody else have that issue? Somebody chime in, man. Uh, somebody chime in and, and tell me the different things that they don't really want to buy or don't really have the money to buy so i can go ahead and tell them how we can get around some of those type barriers i mean i don't really have any problems with with buying any one thing it's more the quality of what i'm buying like i, I don't want to buy something super cheap right but at the same time i don't want to spend three four hundred dollars on a bow and still have to add a bunch of parts to it you know what I mean? Because I, so I know about Bear is a good uh, company, but I don't know about any other brands. And so sometimes when when you think you're going to save money by going to a pawn shop and looking at what what they got, you know, it's hard because there's so many different brands out there. You know, uh, that would really be my first question: is like brands of archery or brands of whatever we're getting into, the arrows or whatever that is good but you know not so not so costly nate why don't you uh why don't you why don't you chime in and and talk about how you can how you can try to figure out some of that stuff and figure out what's the better brands of things and stuff for for yourself it really depends on what you want to go with i'm personally i grew up i was a bear guy my dad bought me my first boat because he got to do i started getting into hunting they bought me a bow off Craigslist, and it was a bear, and I kind of just liked it. I bought another one after that. And then I got a steal on a diamond from, like, some dude off Craigslist. He just put new strings on it. I paid, like, 200 bucks. It was a cheap, sweet bow. It was, like, a brand-new bow on my, so I got a good deal on it. And then after that, I mean, that's I kind of went with diamonds from now on. So it really just depends on what you like. Honestly, a lot of these places will let you shoot the bows before you even think about purchasing them. But you can really go to a lot of different stores and try out and see what you like more and what kind of suits you better. Yeah, I like bear too, man. I, I really like bear. I when the 
<clears throat> the first one I, I think I ever bought was at a pawn shop, and it was like a wood grain one, man. It was all wood, and it was real pretty. It had like that that shiny uh, gloss over it, and and uh, like polyurethane on it and stuff. And I believe it was a compound bow, but it had. I remember it had like a big, like a uh, I don't know, big furry looking ball on it and stuff. So. Anyways, it was it was real pretty, and I bought it from the pawn shop, man, for like 60 bucks, if I remember correctly, over off of Dunn Avenue somewhere or something. And it ended up, some things happened in my life back then, and it disappeared somewhere. And uh, But I always had the love for, for wanting to hunt, I think is what I'll say. And I, I ended up losing that one. And then the, when I first got in to overcome the barrier of finances, I got on Amazon and I got online and I started researching the different types that were the best quality so I could get the most bang for my buck. So I I started watching all kind of YouTube videos and I seen which ones had the best reviews online. And then I actually just got on Amazon and bought one that I think was had everything came with it, like the quiver that went on the side of it came with it and the uh arrow i might even came with some arrows i doubt it but it, it it came with everything maybe except the arrows i think it even came with a release and it was just all from like china and all really cheap it was like 300 dollars for a whole set but it was a it was a way <clears throat> for me to get in and to overcome the barrier of of that financial thing man and and it's just a difficult one really for but like i said i'll even my thing with that one is i'll i'll always try to excuse me i always try to get somebody in at least if i gotta loan you my bow and arrow you know it is what it is uh you gotta come hunting bro you gotta come in the woods with me what are you sitting over there at the house playing dungeons of dragons for bro get the hell if you don't go on somewhere with that please stop please stop playing dungeons of dragons <clears throat> anyways man anyways i get it man it's it's a difficult one and and the time too man time is another one like time was a huge one for me matt like talk about time and and your family man how, how are you gonna overcome that matt for me it's it's uh it's more so managing when i can get out there i i, I take my kids to school bring them home i have them on the weekends uh, my wife stays busy working constantly, so it's it's going to be one of them things where it's it's going to be managing getting out to the woods, and also my my main priority being making sure my kids are okay, making sure that I have a have something lined up for them to where I got somebody close to me that can watch them, look out for them while I'm out in the woods trying to. Put food on the table is, is basically more so what I'm looking to do. Um, for me, it's it's about the food. It's it's about going out there and it's about bringing bringing the food from the woods home. It's just something about doing it yourself instead of going to a grocery store, relying on a grocery store to to uh, provide the food. Uh, it's just something about doing it yourself that I enjoy and want to get into. So it's it's gonna it's definitely gonna take. Um, some work trying to manage my my family life with hunting. It, it's definitely going to be a a uh, process, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I got to do to make sure that 
that I can get out to the woods and get something and bring it home and that we can enjoy and have a feast on the, on the table that, that we did ourselves. Yes, sir. That's what it's all about for me, too, man. I ain't going to even lie. One of the favorite things for me is that first night where where I just skinned the deer out and uh you know we eating backstrap right you know we're chopping up some type of i'm trying to cut me up i still want to do the the backstrap tomahawk steak thing i don't know anybody else i mean i don't know if anybody else wants to do that but i got like a, a venison uh channel on facebook and they had some tomahawk backstrap uh steaks on there and i really want to try that out still but that night at deer camp man usually when you when you shoot your first one, man, and you're eating backstrap on you that night, and then you take that one home to your family or whatever, you know, that's a huge experience, man. That was a huge experience for me. It wasn't really nothing like it, man. That that was my main thing. What about you, uh, uh, Brandon? What do you uh, what is your main reason for hunting? Is it like the food thing, or is it is it the excitement too? What's up with that? I mean. Uh going outside and anything that I can do that's outside I want to do that so hunting is that thing and the food to me is the benefit and yeah it's the main you know it's going to be the best part of the whole thing I I definitely believe that you know what I mean but I'm going to enjoy being outside more and it might only be this one time of the year that I make it a point that I'm outside more but uh, I'm hoping that uh that uh it pays out for just being out there right just the experience yeah yeah man it's a lot and i was just telling somebody that the other day man that when you're and i and man sometimes you'll be surprised you'll go out there and be dark when you go out there and it'll be different times you've probably been in that place in the woods before but you'll go out there and the sun will come up the first time in that spot in that particular tree for you and the sun will just get right up to where you know i had one video on uh youtube where the camera was just picking up sparkles on the pine straw man that was still attached to the tree because the sun was glistening off of it and it was like the little moments like that man out there in the deer woods not not only when the deer shows up and you get to draw back on him or 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 send some gunpowder you know down range but it's also about you know, hanging out with friends and going in and, and like you said, just the experience of being outdoors, man, and not sitting around and, and just always being inside or always being at work, man, but also doing some things that you love in life is, is a big one for me. And uh, like uh, I want to talk about expectations a little bit, too, because we're all trying to get into this thing, man. And I know there's a million guys out there probably that have always tried to get into hunting and <clears throat> they go out there once or twice and and they really expect to either see a deer or shoot a deer that first or second time and i know for me man i i when i i honestly can say when i when i came in here i i knew i knew it was going to be a little bit difficult but i also knew how bad i wanted it so I wanted it bad, man. So I knew I was going to do whatever it took when the first time I went and bought that climber. The first, like, I wasn't spending this money for nil. It was happening. I was going to shoot me a deer. There was some blood going to be drawn. You see what I'm saying? So I had high expectations. But also, 
Like, I didn't necessarily know that it was going to happen the first year I went out there or anything like that. I just knew I was going to do it until it happened. So what type of uh, – let's talk about what type of expectations maybe that you feel like you should have. Like, what do you think you should feel like you, you should? Um, And then, like, what are you realistically going to – gonna do to to manage your expectations and to keep your confidence level up and things of that nature go ahead uh um let nathan why don't you start off with that man and tell us what you do to keep your uh confidence level up and then we'll we'll talk about some of this other stuff i i scout throughout the middle of the year during hunting season in the middle i've there's been days where because i get into a bad habit of hunting the same place over and over again you could definitely overhunt an area if you kill over and over again, the deer kind of gets you patterned before you can pattern them sometimes. So it gets to the point where you won't see anything, and they kind of got you figured out. So I'll start scouting in the middle of the year. I will go get in the car and just drive in a new spot in the forest that I've never been, get out, go walk around, hopefully not you know, screw up any hunters, try to make sure it's the middle of the week when they're not out there. But that's pretty much the main thing. Like, if, if I'm starting to get down and I'm getting in a rut where I'm not seeing anything, I'll just go try to find a new spot and just go pick a random tree that I think looks good and climb in. And if I start seeing deer, then cool. If not, we're going to move and keep trying that until we start seeing stuff. Yeah, that's what I do. I move a lot too, man. I'm I'm definitely on board with the moving a whole lot and just trying to find a deer hub per se, or a spot where deer definitely hang out, a lot of tracks, a lot of trails, and stuff like that. So I know I'm on some deer, you know, different types of deer sign, and we'll get into that too. So uh, so um, Matt, man, what are what 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 are you going to do, man, to, to keep your confidence level up? What kind of expectations do you got going into this first season? Do you think you're going to shoot one deer, ten deer? I mean, you can't in Florida, but I'm just saying, what do you, what do you think, bro? I mean, for, for myself, my expectations. I, I'm I'm gonna set a goal: one deer, one hog. That's that's what I'm. That's my goal. Um, like I said before, I, hog is is what I would really like to put down. I I've, I've never had the opportunity, never had the experience at all. I I know nothing besides um, what we went out and when we scouted. Uh, I learned some stuff that day. That's that's pretty much all I I knew about hogs, and I, I'd really like to bring one. Um, but uh, one one deer, one hog is that's my goal. If I get more than that, if I get two deer, um, I'm excited. If I don't get a hog, I you know, if I bring something home, I'm happy. Food is food to me. It's 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 the same to my family, and uh, so I'm just. I'm really hoping to bring something home. So you're going to do whatever it takes. You're going to get out there as many times as you're realistically possible to without without hindering any family life things or getting in the way of anything like that. You're going to get out there. That way you know you can at least try to get you one deer and one hog and, and break the break the uh, the mold right there off the rip and just break the ice. Yeah, I, I tell my kids all the time we have a motto. Our last name's McCann, not McCann. <laughs> I like it. I know that's right. I like that. All right, then. Yeah, so that's basically – we ain't going to harp on that for too long, man. You just got to keep your expectations kind of somewhere in the middle is what I'll say, I feel like. But you also got to stay confident. Like, every time I climb a tree, I really realistically want to feel like I'm going to shoot a deer and I'm not wasting my time. 
Like, honestly, I do not want to be up in this tree and looking around in no man's land. Like, why am I even here? There's not a trail one. There's not a rub one. There's not a nothing one. So we do not want to do that to keep expectations and confidence level high. We don't want to be somewhere where there ain't no animals. We want to be somewhere where the ticks got all on us because, and these ticks fat because they've been sucking on animals, you know, and it smells like deer piss. There's trails. We want to try to find them. And that's difficult sometimes, man. I just got a bunch of ticks on me last weekend because I'm already out in the woods. That's how I got my confidence high. That's how I'm and, – and I understand that's everybody can't do that. And, and that's not what this is about. This is really about getting out there that once or twice and at least being able to have my opportunity, you know. And we'll get into, to like, what you know what type of things we can do maybe to uh up our odds and and what type of places we can go and what type of research we can do to even make our confidence levels high because i've got into doing some of that looking up different harvest reports and uh finding out how many total animals were were harvested in this area particular you know so that also is a way to even the odds a little bit it's still fair chase but you're up in your odds and being being in a place where there's more animals rather than somewhere where there's never been any animals killed so we definitely don't want to do that but uh <clears throat> the main thing with that i believe is going to be commitment for me it was making a commitment to get out in the woods you know how much was i really going to get out there how many times was i going to go hunt was was i gonna stay out there all day was i gonna go out there even if i woke up late and sit in the heat sometimes because the deer are moving in the middle of the day because they know people climb out of their tree stand usually and go eat lunch you know these deer done got hit over the, the long period of time that people been out there hunting them i really feel like and believe so uh i mean it's just different things that I could do to, to up my odds. And the main one is to just make a commitment to be out there as many, as many times as I can and just have a, a pretty, a pretty good commitment and an idea in my head of how many times I'm going to try to go hunt or mark out some days on the calendar, maybe put some X's on there and say, I'm going hunt and come hell or high water on this day here. And that might be the day of the rut. And that we'll, we can talk about that a whole nother episode, but the rut is when the deer are going to be most likely to be moving and and things like that you know another thing you could do is is just soak up knowledge through the internet and listen to podcasts and that helps me a lot learn how to hunt that's how i know everything i know is from other people and i really still don't know nothing so anyways uh so like we probably ain't gonna get into too many tactics or anything like that but you already kind of kind of went through what what you want to shoot and and the different things like that now i believe that we can try to get into you know what other type of things that we're gonna do as far as prices and, and how much different things cost and stuff like that that way we can be out there and and be following the rules and regulations and have the licenses we need so no one gives us a ticket so the, the way you find that is going to be myfwc.com. You're going to scroll down to hunting, scroll down and see the regs and the licenses and permits and all that stuff. And then you'll have a WMA finder too. That's a good, a good tool to be able to use to know where you can go hunt. So, uh, 
Have any of y'all ever tried to use that? Matt, have you used the WMA finder yet? I have not used that yet. Yeah, so what that does is you'll click on that, and then it'll be like a search bar. And that search bar lets you pretty much search all the different WMAs and different regions and areas. So you'll have like a, a DMU uh, 5 or something like that will be DMU C5 or something. And that'll be like zone C5. And that is a different type antler restriction than another one. Like down south, their hunting season already started down there. So it's just always good to, to look at and find out, you know, um, what type of of uh, WMAs are near you and which ones that you want to go hunt and stuff like that. So for me, one question I would have is for bow hunting, range finder is it's a must-have so so in in uh, y'all's opinions quality price brand what, what would be uh what would be a good range finder for somebody to to start out with i bought one for a hundred dollars at walmart i made them price match it they wanted like 154 and I went in there and had a price match it out. It was a hundred bucks. I double checked it with a ruler to make sure it was accurate. And I never let me down. Yeah, that's the same so thing I did. Is around your main price. Well, that's the same thing I did. I went to Walmart and got, I think it was a Simmons brand or something like that. And it might even be $60. I don't remember, but it was definitely not the most expensive one. And it definitely is one of those things that I believe you should have in your bag. That's one of the things that we want to probably jump into and start talking about is the different things that now that since we kind of know some of the stuff, you know, I want to I want to talk about a little bit more about the prices and stuff like that. And when then we'll jump into what we're going to throw in our bag. So like like I already said, myfwc.com, you can go on there and they also got an app. The app is really going to be most helpful probably. You can uh, buy the hunting light. You, there's two ways you can do this. <clears throat> Excuse me. My voice is kind of messed up. This week. There's two ways you could do this. There's there's the route that is basically the cheapest route that you can go, and that's going to be to buy each thing separate, and that's going to be your hunting license for $17, your management area permit for $26.50, your archery permit for $5, that's if you're archery hunting. You really could probably not do that and wait to gun hunt and not have to pay that $5, but that's technical stuff. And then you muzzle loader would be $5 more. And then a deer permit would be $5 more. So basically $53.50 you could hunt really for archery for deer. And then if you wanted to add turkey, if a turkey came out literally or realistically, you could shoot it with your bow during archery season, either sex is usually what the rule is. I'm not 100% sure on that this year, but it would be 10 more dollars, so that would be 63.50. But that'll just up your odds to be shooting something. But usually, you're not going to be able to shoot that turkey anyway. So that'd be the price to do it that way and try to go the cheapest route. The other route that you could go would be the $100 gold sportsman route, and that's going to be. 
uh, probably your best route if you ask me because you're going to get all your fishing license and everything included, your management area permit and everything you need. They're not going to be able to mess with you at all. So, yeah, that's what I would – that was – I just wanted to touch on that and throw all them prices out there. And like I said, myfwc.com, if you ever got any questions too, you can call those people. And they're always the friendliest people every time I try to call them. And they answer any questions or send you to somebody else real quick. They don't make you wait long. And they send you to somebody else and they'll answer your questions. So so that's always it. Like don't don't never like hesitate to just call them people in Lake City or Tallahassee, wherever they're at. And, you know, also they got all the season opening dates and different things. And you got to really pay attention and read the management area ones. Like I have to actually go through what I do is I go through and I either use the book or I get online and I go to my calendar and I mark this management area. Archery opens this date through this date. And then then it opens again this date through this date because they bounce around different places. So, like, you really got to be on top of it if you're going to really hunt and try to like chase the rut around even and and then also chase the better areas to hunt around in this area and things like that for from my opinion anyway they're the better areas and and that's just it's just difficult to follow along with some of the 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 dates and stuff like that so you know other than that i mean yeah that that's that's the first half and then the second half of the show really we're just going to get into like what we're going to actually need to take in the woods. Like we were saying, we definitely need a range finder. I mean, you really a hundred percent don't need a range finder. If it's in, if it's in my opinion, because if it's, if you're just getting in the hunt and you shouldn't be shooting more than 20 yards, I think the first deer I shot at was 22 yards or something. You can shoot 30. I mean, if you've been shooting a bag at 30 all day and you're doing good, like there's no reason to not pull the trigger on a 30 yard shot in my opinion. But, like, I, at the same time, if you shoot a bag at 30 yards for a little while, you're going to kind of know that deer's at 30 yards. And you should be able to do pretty good with that if you're if you're shooting uh, enough, kind of like. You, you should be shooting at least, you know, 40, 50 arrows before you go out there and try to shoot a deer. And then you go, before you go hunting, you, you grab the bow out and shoot at a bag a few times. And if you know you can hit 20 yards good, you shoot at 20 yards. And realistically, right in that spot, if you leave deer camping, you just shot the night before, before opening day or something, and you was hitting dead on at 20, you know, or you was all over the place at 30, then you don't need no range finder, but you sure don't need to shoot past no 20 yards either. So, you know what I'm saying? This is one of them things that you can kind of take it or leave it, but I feel like there's more important things. If you're hunting in Florida during bow season, there's going to be some very, very important things that you're going to need. One of those things is going to be like your thermocell. You're going to almost have to have a thermocell or some type of bug tamer suit of some sort, or you are going to get chewed up. Nate, what do you do? Do you do you use any of that? I know that's right. You don't gotta be a Florida hunter to know when you step out in the woods, you better do something about them bugs. Off the top. Yeah. Yeah, man. I stay like probably 10 minutes down the road, so I know when they get bad, it's easy to start to tell it gets bad, man. You go out there and you gotta have at least one thermosome. Make sure you carry spare pods. 
You're going to have spare gear tape in the backpack. Lots of spare thermosel stuff. Yes, sir. I just bought me a, a a box of the 120 hours, man. That thing was $40 the other day, man. And I hate buying that, but I would not go out there without it. That's for sure. So that's something that you definitely want to go get if you haven't been out there hunting. Some people don't know, man. Like, they really would not go out there without it. You'd be surprised. So if you're going hunting in Florida, please go get you a thermosel in about at least however long you plan on being out there, you better plan on having that thing running because you're going to get bit up if it's any time of September probably october summer november hey you might go all the way into january and get chewed up so you want to have your thermosel for sure so uh we're gonna definitely get one of those and you gotta have you some type of backpack of some sort to put all your things in you got to have your backpack it could be a, a little small backpack but you need a backpack you're gonna have to have uh some type of bow and arrow or some type of uh weapon of some sort depending on what type of season that it is you know and there's things uh somebody tell me something else what else do we need a lot of water yeah definitely gotta have a lot of water man i just went out not too long ago i went uh out of state doing some scouting and I wasn't really going in that far, but it was right in the middle of the day, about 2 o'clock, I think. And I went to walking in there, man, and I knew once I got so far in that I was like, oh, I was I was going to be – it was it was going to be close because I went through so thick of a stuff. It was like I went a back way in, and it was just not a good back way to go in. It was just really not. So, I mean, but I did find some hell of a sign back there, though. I mean, man, the crazy thing is, like, is these people out here put up a lot of flagging tape and stuff, man. I don't know. They're just flagging tape crazy. I, I don't know. I don't understand it, but some people, hey, to each their own. I'm not really a flagging tape type of guy, but some people, though, we'll talk, we will talk. talk about that. Some people that can't get in and out of woods good, you know, one thing you got to have is a light. You definitely got to have a light of some sort or if you're going in at dark, especially, or even if you ain't because you might be coming out at dark and you want to have some kind of light with you for sure. And uh, I would I would always uh, always really have a, some type of plan, like maybe even a map. I use maps a lot. And for a new person, we're kind of aiming this towards a new person going in the woods. You might want a good map. I use Onyx maps usually, but there's all different kinds of free ones and, and hunt stands one. They got just you can pull up uh, Google Maps and, and mark where you park at and it'll take you back there usually. And I mean, most of the time you'll have service. You just if you don't have service, you just kind of need the compass or something of some sort, I guess. It'd be a good idea if you're going to walk any amount of time in. And uh, I don't know, uh, Nate, what else, man? What do we need out there? Oh yeah. I, I personally carry a sidearm out there. I've had so many run-ins with animals between hogs. You know, I've been charged out by hogs. We've had bear encounters trying to climb in the stands. I mean, you name it, we've had it happen out in the woods. So that's, I try to definitely carry a sidearm. If you're one of those guys and you can, I would definitely recommend doing it for sure. You might think that we are not as cool and safe, and yeah, it might not be. Yeah, that's a good point, man. We always want to 
we always want to um talk about safety. Safety is a big thing, man. Safety is uh very important. I fell out the tree stand before, and it ain't no fun. And then being out in the woods and 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 not having enough water like I did that wasn't fun either. And it's just you got to be careful. Definitely got to be careful out there. Definitely want to have good boots. Boots. I done been through so many pairs of boots. I don't. We can go on and on about boots. I don't know. I can't really tell you what kind of buy because I haven't found a good enough pair yet to really to say what kind of buy. But I've tried all different kinds. And the main thing you want them to be comfortable and you want them to be broken a little bit. I would think so they don't um, rub all on your feet. I guess and mess them up. Yeah, waterproof is surely going to be good. I just did uh, some kind that I heard another guy on another podcast talking about. Uh, they were they're like wading boots. And then they drain water, and then you pull on like a damn neoprene sock hip waiter. And so you got like a sock all the way up to your hip, and then you can, I don't know, it's a pretty cool little system. I don't know. We'll see how good it works, how, how long it'll hold up, but uh, hopefully it'll be all right. And then another thing I take with me, man, usually out there you're going to use a tree stand, and there's all different kinds of those, you know. A lot of the times when you're first getting into hunting and in Florida, you ain't really going to want to stalk anything or try to, you know, you might see some of that stuff on the hunting public or some somewhere some of them guys are at up up out out west or wherever they're at doing that. You can see a long ways in cornfields and stuff, big open fields, but we don't have much of that down here. And and it does happen, but first getting in, I would think hold off on that for a little while, get up in the tree stand, try to watch some deer, see how they move. Um, see what type of habitats they like and uh, do some research. Mostly the type of habitats, man, they're edge creatures. They're going to be up against the edge somewhere. So you want to put your tree stand like different habitats on the edge. A lot of the times first getting in, when I first got in, you're going to want to get a climber. Uh, climbing tree stand is is going to work the best. It's safe. It's easy. You're going to want to have you some type of uh, attachment to the tree and a harness once you get up there just to make sure you're good and safe and tied off. And then I always got some type of way to attach my bow or whatever so I can hold it. Something can hold it up there while I'm, in, while I'm up there. And then my backpack as well. I have it hanging off of some sort of a hook system. They don't want you screwing anything into the trees really in Florida, so it's, it's probably best to do it like off of some kind of rope like like say you got your rope that's going around the tree girth hook and you're tied into that with your harness you could hook some other hooks off of that and hang your backpack or whatever i guess there's there's different ones ways to do it my uh tree stand has this little thing that i screw into the side of it kind of and it holds my bow right there so i can just kind of grab it off the side of my climber off my little summit climber so that works out pretty good too to get something like that and then always in my pack i always 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 for safety is another good thing you want to have some way to pull your your rifle or your your uh bow up to you you know and with the rifle I always point mine down with the way i tied on to the rope i'll tie it on from like the butt end so that way the, the gun will be pointing down when i pull it up stuff like that 
And that way you don't have to climb with any, you know, different type of, uh, you know, bow and arrow and, and you got all kind of broadheads in there and stuff. And you don't want the gun to go off for sure if it falls. So that's one of the things I take is like mine is like a piece of paracord wrapped around this little kite handle looking thing. And that's all I take now. I've had a several different kinds of them, though. But I don't know. I can't really think. Uh, binoculars is a good one. They're kind of heavy. I haven't always had them. You don't really have to have that. You can't really see far a lot of places, but they are good to have. What else? Is that about it? Yep, that's usually what I do. I usually, uh, I've eaten all kind of stuff in the tree stand, man. I've eaten everything you can probably think of in the tree. Uh, the one of the deer I shot, he he smelled the uh, everything I had been eating and looked up at me right when he came around the tree, <laughs> the tree limb. One of them I shot on video on my channel over there, man. I had all kind of trash right at the bottom of the tree. I was dropping my uh. I was dropping it for later for when I got down, just so, like a jackass kind of, and uh, didn't wasn't really high confident in this area at the time because I had been there two days already, and somebody uh, parked out there, I believe, and jumped this buck up that came toward me that I ended up shooting. But, yeah, I had eaten all kind of Krispy Kreme donut, strawberry donuts, and, uh, man, I even, you know, just all – I've always eaten all kind of stuff, man. I always – I just can't sit up there too long without snacking on something, man. I'm just going to be honest. Now, it's not good, really, but that's just what I do. I don't think it bothers a whole lot too much. Yeah, what's up, though? Any more questions and answers? Uh, we're going to just go ahead now and open it up, man, for, for any questions, just a roundtable discussion, chime in, just kind of give each other a chance to talk. If anybody's really got any closing things they want to talk about now, nah, we can wrap it up in the next 15 minutes or less. Don't really matter, but. No questions? Yes, not. Well. Crickets. Everybody's ready. Okay, so what's the plan then? What's the plan? Like, is everybody hunting opening day? Uh, Brandon, you hunting opening day? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm still at a point where I got to learn what, what day is opening day. <laughs> See? I, yes, I definitely am trying to. I'm trying to make sure I have everything ready. I already went and bought a tree stand. Um, I spent $120 on my tree stand. It was on sale at Academy. That's nice. Uh, I think it's the same one you got. It's like a Summit, uh, the brand. And I don't know. It's, it had pretty decent reviews when I looked at it. It honestly was. There's a couple other cheap ones that you can find on other websites. But, I mean, I kind of like looking at the stuff before I buy it. And it came with the harness and everything. Um besides that the bow is the next thing and i'm trying to get that in the next week or two 
Uh, I just want to, you said shoot like 50 arrows. I mean, I want to get it to where I'm shooting 50 arrows every other day. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to get that done as soon as possible. Um, yeah, I mean. That's a good plan, man. Okay, so the the closest WMA is going to be September 24th. So you got like a month, a little bit over a month. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm hoping next week I got a bow in my hands and I'm shooting it every day. Because I feel like I got a nice little spot to practice, so. That's perfect. Sounds like a good plan. for everyone, too. That way, I mean, I know you guys don't get to get out and do some scouting a lot, and I live right out, like, I still live right down the road. So I got some spots. I got a bunch of different deer on camera out the board. So I can get with you guys and give you guys some locations to go to. So you guys what you're looking for pretty much. See, I think on making it happen for me and Matt is also understanding we live, I mean, we live in the, uh, you know, Middleburg, Orange Park, Green Cove area. We need to find the local spots around here that, like, you know, four o'clock we get off from work and we can go and do some scouting from there. You know what I mean? We can do what we need to do from there. Uh, I think that that's going to be a big thing for me and Matt. You know, we have a couple of spots around here that are within, you know, 30, 30 minutes of the house. Uh, so I feel like with, hopefully me and Matt can consume some, like get some info from some of these other places. Y'all get some info. And maybe maybe we can both help each other out and make the hunting in two different places good, you know what I mean? Yeah. The biggest problem around, you know, the whole area in Florida is they have that whole quota permit thing. And I think there's like a handful of forests that you don't have to have a quota permit to hunt. And they're like unlocked with, they have a lot of your forest hunting grounds. It's all going to be either pretty much, uh, what am I trying to say? It's going to be WMAs that are quota permits. Or it's private hunting land. So you either have to pay a bunch of money or hope and pray you get permits. See, whenever you do something like that, though, like you're saying it's a quoted per, per, permit in place, that means that, like, no scouting can happen there. So, they're, they're, like, you have to set up the day you have this. Like, I'm not a, in the forest. Huh. Some of them you can enter without, like, if they have check stations, a lot of them they won't let you in there. Sometimes you can get in and, like, ride your bike through it. Some of them you can't drive through. It really just depends. Like, the one that's closest to you, it's, you can drive through it. You just can't bring any firearms except for, like, a sidearm in there that I can think of. And they're still really strict out there. I'm, where, where I'm at is probably the closest forest to you that's not going to be permitted. Because it's between here, or is it, then you can drive down towards Ocala. Yeah, so yeah, like... Ocala, that far away, but yeah. And then that's a good thing to learn about, too. You know, that's what you want to start trying to do your research on, is like, where where can you hunt at? And I'm going to give you some, of course, we'll give you a bunch of tips on that. You ain't really got to worry a whole lot about it, because I'm going to kind of give you the heads up. But you also do want to start kind of learning where to look yourself. So like I said on that myfwc.com, it's pretty easy to find your way around on there. And what you want to do is figure out the ones that are closest to you. And then you kind of want to mark a calendar of some sort of when they're open and which ones you would like to try to hunt. And then some of the ones that are closest to you are going to be like no access year round. And those might be the best ones to go hunt. And then some of them might be quota permits. And so you'll try to next year 
you'll have the app and you'll have you know a hunting license and all that stuff already so you'll be able to apply for the quota permits because you'll have a wildlife management area permit and all that stuff so then if you get drawn for one of those places they might be like where only 50 people hunt there a year or something like that just say so you got a way higher odds of killing a deer at that spot does that make sense yes okay so that's kind of how that works and it works on like a point system so like say this year you apply for a place and you don't get it and you kind of get a point for that or something like that i believe so you gain so many points and then you put those point preference points towards that place after two or three years and you get that one for sure and that place might be where all the big bucks are at or something like that so that's kind of how all that works But yeah, man, we about ripped it up probably about plenty of time here. And uh, I really appreciate y'all coming on and, and letting me take up some time with y'all, man. And I'm sure there's a million questions that we haven't answered. And uh, we already know, like, if if you don't know, you can find Northeast Florida Outdoors on YouTube. And uh, you can also find it on, uh, what is it? youtube then we got the patreon account i just opened up that'll be cool i'm also going to be trying to do a giveaway pretty soon so just everybody keep a keep an ear out for a giveaway coming up soon and man what we're basically going to do is just keep trying to figure out how to get brandon and matt man we're going to get y'all out in the woods and try to get y'all on some deer this year and we'll be able to talk about it on the podcast that'll be cool and uh hopefully everything goes good i'll be trying to hopefully link up with y'all if y'all want to and go look at some bows different places and things like that i think that'll be pretty cool for us to do and maybe we're we're trying to make that happen next saturday man that sounds good man i ain't got no problem at trying to go with y'all and hang out and link up yeah i'm I'm trying to look at uh a bear i'm I'm, uh, I, I actually want to get the paradox in my hands and look at it. I'm, I think I like that one. Yeah, the hunting public just came out with some kind of bear, bro. Yeah, um, the the paradox is is, is one I want to look at and um, get the feel for and just kind of compare it to maybe one or two more before I make a final decision. Yeah, we're definitely going, to, <clears throat> definitely going to get out there this year, though, man. And like I said, I'm going to do my best to help y'all get on some. I got some good spots that I've already scouted. And that's the thing. It's like when you go out there year after year, your odds get better because now you know kind of where the deer are. You've done your scouting. You've ran some cameras. And we didn't get into much of that. But after you go out there a few years and you kind of get your foot in the door, now you don't have those expenses next year. You know, the second and the third year, I didn't hardly have to buy anything. I already had everything I needed. I just threw it all in boxes, wait for hunt season to get here again. So you cut down on those costs each year just by having all the stuff from last year. So that that makes it pretty cool too, man. So uh yeah, with that being said, man, like I, I like I said before, I really appreciate y'all coming on. And uh we'll try to do this again. Hopefully, hopefully uh well next time it'll be a success story from our first crew for our first big podcast i know i did the little introduction one 
but I think everything's went pretty great here and I can't wait to uh to publish it for everybody to hear it and we just really appreciate all the support that the podcast has been getting lots of listens and and just always remember to hit that follow button on Spotify iTunes and 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 give us a good five star rating and tell us if you like the podcast I might try to do a question and answer to see what people want to hear I got a lot of stories too man and 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 we didn't really get the kind of hang out and 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 vibe a lot and we will when we get together at deer camp probably throw a camera up and do a, a live podcast or something one day that'll that'll probably be cool to have something like that matt you get the camper back we all be- go out there like we did when we went scouting the other day that'd be sweet but uh yeah, for sure. yeah man like i said thank y'all and we're gonna go ahead and close out right there man and uh i'll be talking to all y'all soon Hi everyone, this is Trevor here at Northeast Florida Outdoors. I did want to take one minute to go over something that I felt like was important and worth giving the time that I didn't take the time on before during the podcast. So I wanted to touch on it for a second and it is about hunter safety and hunter safety education. So there's different hunter safety courses you can take in Florida and what you do is you go online and register and there's a certain day anyone born on or after June 1st, 1975 and 16 years or older must pass a hunter safety course before purchasing a hunting license unless using the deferral from the hunter safety certification requirement and hunting under the supervision of a qualified hunter. So, The hunter safety certification deferral is anyone 16 years or older and born after May 31st, 1975 can purchase a hunting license and hunt under the supervision of a qualified hunter without having to complete the state's hunter safety certification. When purchasing your hunting license, just check the box requesting a deferral from the hunter safety certification requirement. Hunters requesting a deferral from the hunter safety certification requirement must be supervised by an adult 21 years old or older who has a valid hunting license or is exempt from the hunting license requirement and who has met the hunter safety requirement or is exempt from the hunter safety requirement. The deferral from the hunter safety certification requirement was passed by the Florida legislature to allow people to experience hunting with an adult mentor. It is designed to encourage experienced hunters to teach novice hunters about safety, ethics, wildlife, hunting skills, and respect for Florida's outdoors. New and experienced hunters are encouraged to take a hunter safety course to learn more about conservation and safe, responsible hunting. In addition, successfully completing a hunter safety course is required before anyone 16 years old and older is allowed to hunt without being supervised by an adult 21 years old or older. So to say that, we're gonna mostly say the main things, like you can't hunt by yourself unless you're hunting with someone who has a valid hunting license and is 21 years old or older and unless you take this hunter safety course. So I got online, went to myfwc.com and I found the hunter safety course stuff. Then I went and took an NRA hunter safety course, I believe. And then they made me go do a field day with FWC officers and go back another day and take tests. So it was a pretty extensive program, but I learned a lot and I learned about ethics and I learned about shot placement and I learned about the different types of 
of guns and the things that I hadn't grew up around. So it was, it was a good thing for me. And I believe it's good for anyone who's brand new to hunting and, and doesn't really have anyone around them that grew up hunting. So with that being said, uh, also I believe that you should go and hunt with someone like me or someone that already has their hunter safety certification that's 21 years or older, you can defer and click that box and buy your license and management area permits and all that stuff without having taken that. So I did want to go go over that. I really appreciate you listening to the show today, and I hope you and your family are blessed.